Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Great things and welcome on board the WKOK live telephone talk show on the mark. Welcome to the COVID free zone here in the studio A. Uh, miss Just a tad more oxygen, please. And you don't oh mind. It's <laughs> day after day. Give me more oxygen. I need more nitrogen. Well, I'm an old you, guy. You, you know, want to get pumped up with nitrogen? Turn up. No, that's for my tires. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right. Mr. Joe McGranahan is back. I Hopefully, after a good weekend, we'll find out. We'll do some uh, frivolities when... Oh, we, good. I'm so looking forward to We get to a chance here. But <laughs> we have asked for and received another opportunity to talk to State Senator John Gordner, Republican uh, uh, State Senate leader, Senate Majority. Majority Whip, uh, 27th District State uh, Senator. Good morning, John. Thanks for calling in again today. We morning, appreciate John. it. Uh, good morning, Mark and Joe. First question about this defiance that we're seeing from counties and from sheriffs. What's your reaction to that as a so, sort of a community leader and as a lawmaker? Uh, not surprised at this point. And if you can remember back a couple of weeks ago, we actually passed in the Senate legislation that would have allowed uh, those county commissioners to make decisions uh, based on uh, consultation with uh, health departments, either at the state level or locally, as well as hospitals. Uh, We felt that uh, we should entrust those county leaders who were closest to the situation to be able to make those decisions and not either Governor Wolf or Governor Cuomo or Governor Murphy, because it was right after he decided to ban with those uh, five or six other governors. But... Yeah, there's a a mutiny going on. There's uh, seven uh, counties that are mentioned at the moment, and they're not even counting uh, one of my counties that's planning to meet today to take the same sort of action. And what's your view? Are you with them? Do you support them? Yes. Uh, I think the frustration uh, is manifold, but uh, some of it is just the arbitrary nature of, of the guidelines. Uh, there's nothing really set. Uh, initially, they were using this whole 50 per 100,000, but now they've said a number of times that uh, that's not the only measure, that they're using other type of matrix that uh, really are not transparent. And so, um, you know, 13 counties were added on Friday, but uh, most of those 13 counties felt that they should have been uh, listed uh, with the first wave. And there are still, I think, six counties that are below that 50 per 100,000 matrix that have not been named uh, because they apparently are not adjacent to other counties. If you've seen the map, all of the counties are adjacent to each other. Uh, but you've got some uh, northeastern counties. Uh, one of them, I think, has a total of 21 cases over the last two months. And they're still not on the list. So uh, there's just great frustration that uh, not only from the elected officials, but obviously from the people. And if you 
out and looking around traffic-wise, people are people are ready to try to get back to um, a normal. Is the governor communicating with you any better now, John, or is he still absent without authorization? Uh, the Wednesday leadership calls uh, still go on. Again, I'm not on those particular calls. It's just the uh, speaker and the majority and minority leaders. Uh, so there's six people. Um, but it hasn't uh, been uh, that much better um, in regard to general announcements. Uh, we still, uh, again, I found out about uh, Snyder in Northumberland and uh, and uh, Montour counties. I, I did get a call the night before, so I think at 8.30 the night before I, I got a call, but it wasn't a consultation. It was, hey, the governor's going to do this. and. <laughs> I think that's what the frustration has been. There hasn't been any uh, real working together. It's been, okay, an hour or so before announcement, uh, we're going to tell you what we're going to do. Well, suppose the governor um, gets upset with all these counties opening up without his permission and, and some businesses opening up in violation of the, well, I won't say in violation, but in uh, contravention of the stated goals for opening up a business. Does he have any legal authority or power to stop it? Well, it's interesting. Again, we're in uncharted territory in so many different ways. Um, the governor, I mean, the, the first couple of counties started uh, chatting Friday after his 2 o'clock news conference when they were not included on the next list. Uh, the governor's office was contacted uh, Friday night from com or for comment and said that they're reviewing it. Uh, some more counties uh, were added Saturday and Sunday, and again, the governor's office was contacted for comment, and uh, the same response, we're reviewing it. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing it's a gray area. And uh, in each of those counties uh, that I've seen so far that are looking to rebel, the uh, sheriff and the district attorney uh, in both counties, or in those counties, have been on board. Sheriff who doesn't make a whole lot of arrest powers anyways, but they can serve papers and those sorts of things, have said that they're not going to participate in uh, any type of serving of orders. And the DA's office has said in each of those counties that they're not going to prosecute. So, And they've, they've um, indicated that, uh, I just read one from the Lancaster County DA, and he said that uh, the governor's uh, orders on this are so... Um, wishy-washy and changeable and not specific that he doesn't think that uh, he would be able to enforce any set rule. So he's not going to pursue any uh, criminal or civil charges against anyone that uh, decides to reopen. Well, the governor did release a list of businesses that he had granted exemptions to. I read that list for our four-county area. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. How do you? Did you read it? How do you feel about it? Uh, no, and, you know, uh, Joe Can't standing in front of the mall because the uh, mall is a recreational area uh, and can't open is a perfect example of that. I mean, the mall was informed earlier in the week that they could open, and then uh, Thursday night was told that they couldn't open because the mall is a recreational area. Um, <laughs> well, the walking. Know, that's, yeah. I, look, do people walk in the mall? Sure. Uh, you know, is there a thousand people in the mall? Uh, maybe 20 years ago, but there's, you know, unfortunately not there now. And, you know, that's not the only example of uh, someone, uh, uh, the raceway. 
and I talked to folks related to the Sealands Grove Raceway. They had approval from DCED to do a race there with no um, spectators. And then uh, next thing on Thursday, as it was in the works, uh, that got uh, pulled back apparently from the Department of Health. So that's just part of uh, the craziness involved uh, with who can do what at any given time. Are you going to personally make sure that all laws are in place so that this never happens again? (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, uh, there's no doubt that uh, the legislature would want to rein in some of these emergency powers uh, going forward. And again, you know, the thought behind emergency powers in the past was, hey, we have this uh, 24-inch snowstorm. And the governor is going to need to make some decisions in, you know, 24, 48, 72 hours. Or as we know, our area floods and uh, Agnes comes along or, you know, some other major storm comes along. And, you know, for three or four days, we're going to need the governor to make some quick decisions. But, uh, you know, we're now in year two of an emergency related to uh, the opioid issue. Uh, the governor has used his emergency powers to do two, he has, they're 90 days, you can't do it for more than 90 days. He has strung together over two years of us being in a heroin opioid emergency. So we certainly would like to rein in those, but the challenge is you pass any legislation to rein them in and you need the governor to sign it, and that's going to be the issue. Let's talk for a minute about the deaths that have occurred in Pennsylvania. The overwhelming majority of them have been in southeastern Pennsylvania and in nursing homes. Is the state doing anything, or is the governor doing enough to stem infections and deaths in long-term care facilities? Well, I'll tell you what, we were not, the Senate was not in session last week because we did a whole series of oversight hearings. Uh, I observed the one on Tuesday, which was in regard to uh, the woefully inadequate uh, unemployment comp system, uh, which is still incredibly frustrating for uh, tens of thousands of people. The uh, oversight hearing on Thursday was specifically related to nursing homes, and it was very telling. And, you know, it should be noted that the uh, State Department that has uh, the oversight in regard to nursing homes is the Department of Health, it's Secretary Levine. Uh, so she is the one who has that oversight. And the nursing home industry uh, indicated that back in uh, the first week of March, as a result of what happened out of Washington State, I trust you know you remember that back in that initial wave, there were like 26 deaths in one nursing home. So there was no doubt uh, that the uh, that the, the canary in the coal mine was that nursing homes was going to be um, a place where you needed to concentrate at. And the nursing homes testified last Thursday that stuff that they asked for the first week of March, they're still asking from the Department of Health today. And I can tell you that, uh, again, as you mentioned, uh, two-thirds between 70 and, I'm sorry, between, yeah, two-thirds and 70% of all the deaths in uh, Pennsylvania are either in nursing homes or personal care centers. Uh, and yet, in regard to uh, the state and our supply of PPE equipment, uh, everything went to hospitals first because there was going to be this great surge and the hospital beds were going to be overwhelmed. Um, they were going to have to put people outside. And uh, once all of those were taken care of, 
Only then did nursing homes get PPE from Governor Wolf in the state, and obviously they had that backwards. Well, Governor Pitzker of Illinois has said that he's not getting anything from the federal government, and he's given up hope of getting anything from the federal government, but he does hope something will show up. Has Pennsylvania received support from the federal government? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, Governor Wolf is, uh, I'll have to say this, uh, Governor Wolf is one uh, Democratic governor who has not been uh, on national TV complaining or crying about uh, national government. Uh, He's been asked at uh, a number of those uh, news conferences that are held about uh, the federal government and the supplies and stuff, and he has, I've not seen him be critical. So, and, and we certainly, as uh, the legislature, have not been told, hey, you need to contact uh, Toomey or Casey or Muser or someone or Keller to try to get some more stuff. Uh, so it seems like we have received what's been needed. Is there a, uh, not advice, but information that you would have for your constituents, sort of the what should we do? We're watching an argument go on that relates to the governor and sheriffs and counties and really doesn't relate to most of the heart of our listening area, though it certainly does affect many of your constituents across the board. Do you have sort of information or advice for folks how they should handle this discussion about what we should do? Look, and, uh, all of the counties that are talking, those seven counties, uh, and, and throughout the state, no one is looking back, or no one's looking to go to January or December at this at this time. Um, everyone that's, uh, all of these counties that's talked about moving are saying, we're not moving to green. We just want to move to yellow. We want to move to where Snyder and Northumberland Montour Union is right now with the CDC guidelines, with the protections, uh, we're not going to put 100 people at a wedding or a funeral or anything else along those lines at this point. So, you know, we're all saying, hey, um, we're not going to go to zero cases. We're not going to go to zero deaths. There's, there's still going to be people that are going to be contracting the, the COVID-19. But uh, we can start doing some things using CDC guidelines, using social distancing. And we're going to need to continue to do that for the next couple of months. So we have to be prepared to do that. But we also, I'm not sure, need to be sitting in our home 24 hours a day. Um, I think we can start getting back to business using CDC guidelines and using common sense. Let's talk about money for a minute. Um, We had a meeting of this uh, Transportation Committee on Friday. We talked to PennDOT about the expectation that there's going to have to be some belt tightening and some funds just aren't going to be available. Has the governor issued any specific recommendations or orders statewide with respect to cutting back on expenditures, or is the House and Senate going to have to, or are the House and Senate going to have to be the ones who do that? No. uh, Look, Governor Wolf, uh, boy, probably four, five, six weeks ago, uh, froze hiring. Uh, actually, uh, to those folks who had job offers extended but hadn't uh, started yet, he uh, had those withdrawn. Uh, he um, laid off people at some point uh, so that uh, folks were not on the payroll and could go collect unemployment comp but wasn't going to be paid. Uh, he cut back on uh, purchases and and such. So uh, he did take steps in that regard. Uh, the House and Senate has done similar type of things. We normally have a summer intern program that that was canceled. Uh, uh, other new hires was canceled. 
obviously we're not traveling, uh, so that saves uh, expenses. So uh, that's certainly um, all parties. Uh, I saw the judiciary uh, did the same thing. So all parties have been involved uh, with the understanding that uh, we're not going to have the funds. And uh, we, let's see, April, I think, was $2 billion short of what we expect. Now, there's a belief that uh, possibly up to $1.5 billion of that may be collected in July. Uh, because of the uh, deadline being extended from April 15th to July 15th, but we'll see. And you mentioned transportation. Um, obviously, the biggest funding for transportation is gas taxes. And, you know, think about all of the lost travel uh, and people not buying taxes, or, yeah, I'm sorry, not buying gas um, over the last two months. What are you hearing from constituents the most these days? Uh, I think it was about four weeks ago you said it was the unemployment compensation uh, situation. Uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll add to that, has that situation changed at all? But what are you hearing the most from constituent these days? Uh, probably the top two. Uh, unemployment comp is still a number, I don't, I'm going to say number one. And number two has just been frustration. Uh, people wanting to reopen, people emailing about uh, you know bill of rights and first amendment and all sorts of uh, fundamental uh, things being taken fr uh, from them personal liberties etc so those those have been the top two over the last two weeks uh, the uh, the PUA system the pandemic unemployment uh, assistance program for those self-employed individuals or independent contractors um, we were notified that uh, that had opened up um, a couple of days ago uh, and uh, it was immediately crashing and there were all sorts of glitches in the system uh, so that's been a continued frustration let me put a sharper point on a question i asked you earlier about what right the governor would have or what power the governor would have to enforce his edicts what if he directs the state police to come down all those businesses where the sheriffs won't uh, could he do that uh, I think that would even lead to further unrest <laughs> among folks. I mean, he has, uh, in uh, a lot of his news conferences, press conferences, said, hey, we, we just want people to abide by it, and we don't want people to be arrested. We, you know, if someone's not doing it, we want to give them a warning and tell them the importance of, of you know, abiding by what I'm saying. So... He hasn't gotten to that point, and again, in these counties that uh, are rebelling, the DA's office, who ultimately is the one prosecuting uh, those cases, are saying we're not going to prosecute even if something is filed. Right, they're going to a, a, an official yellow zone without permission, but not breaking a wide range of laws or anything along that line. They're at least at this point, they're planning to be a typical yellow county with partial business openings, but still yes. some small businesses would be closed. Uh, legislative update: uh, What are, what's the Senate working on that uh, could help in all of these endeavors? Uh, well, there's two things we're working on. Uh, we still have the $3.9 billion of federal CARES money that have not been officially uh, dispersed yet and budgeted for. So we are actually working House, Senate, and the governor's office in, in this regard to uh, come up with something that we might do probably two weeks from now. 
And part of the reason for holding back is that uh, there's talk that there may be uh, efforts at the federal level to loosen up the strings on some of that money so that states could use it to backfill in where they're not getting the revenues in. Right now, pretty well 100% of that money has to be used for specifically for COVID-19 related expenses and not like we had back in 2008, 2009, uh, the ability to backfill where revenues uh, are down as a result of it. So we've, we've waited a bit to see what direction we may get from Congress because we don't want to allocate 3.9 and then find out that we can use it for some other purposes. But we are working together on that. And frankly, uh, Senate's in session this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're doing a few um, assorted bills Monday and Tuesday. But Wednesday, we're, we're, we're going to reload that county-by-county uh, uh, county, uh, proposal that we uh, passed a couple of weeks ago into a bill, as well as some uh, individual things, uh, such as uh, real estate and um, some different areas that we think we should uh, have reopened around the state. One of our good listeners sends a text and asks if I'm going to have to pay state taxes on that stimulus check I received. Uh, our belief is no, and if there's any gray area to it, uh, I can tell you that we will pass legislation by uh, June that specifically says that uh, there would be no state tax. You'd clarify that. Money. Anything yep. else you want to add? Maybe something we didn't ask you. We know there's a lot going on. Now, again, the hot topic right now is, is these counties, and I don't know if I specifically said it, but Columbia County uh, is going to be meeting today uh, in order to uh, join the list. But it's going to be interesting. Again, uh, as of this morning, about an hour ago, the governor hasn't come out with any specific comments on it. So that's going to be an interesting test of his leadership. If you were him, what would you do? <laughs> Uh, look, these counties are saying we're going to go to yellow, and that's all we're asking to do. They're, they're not saying they're going to green. Uh, they're not saying they're going back to uh, January. Um, and I would, uh, look, I'd admonish them, I guess, and say I'm not sure that this is the right thing for you to do. But uh, if you're going to do it, then just make sure you're following by all the guidelines that I have for yellow counties. When That's what I would do. And it seems if you had all the wisdom in the world, there's got to be some way to do a, a reopening very, very, very safely. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe we're not doing that. Maybe we, we are in some areas and not others. I'm, Senator Gordner, thank you so much. Do you I was just going to say, I know Amer can order things closed, but I'm beginning to wonder if I can order anything to open, like the gym. <laughs> Joe, what's his gym open? Or barbers. We need barbers. barbers. I yeah. need a haircut. <laughs> Joe's gonna I'm with you there, John, if, uh, but I don't have as much hair as you do. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's going to buy a gym if he has to to get one open. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John. Very, very much appreciated. Uh, State Senator John Gordner, 27th District, lives in Berwick, uh, just doing a, a really a yeoman's job keeping track of this and trying to get legislation. And they have sent some legislation to the governor that he signed. You know, he signed that uh, marriage element that relates to youthful marriages among Pennsylvanians. So just the right piece of legislation can get I the governor's signature. I think the proper signature. word is child marriages, not youthful marriages. Well, I guess <laughs> so.
So we can talk about that as our show progresses. we got to take a quickie break. We'll be right back. We won't have time for a call. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and... Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, we'll open up the phones during the 9 a.m. hour. We have a couple of texts left over. Dr. Wendy Lynn Lee called Friday, and of course that I could not uh, fill up the phones and emails any faster if I did it myself, so we appreciate those comments. We also have the full statement from Sheriff John Zeckman. And Actually, all the sheriff's statements are fairly similar. It looks like they right. used them as a template. Right. Um, and it, it brings up an interesting question. I mean, you know, do you really want to turn business people who are trying to feed their families into criminals? You know, I don't I think, think you, he's if absolutely you cite correct. somebody for violating a state law, I don't think it's not a law. They're, they're a it's not a law. It's an executive order. Right. But is it not backed up with legislation? Well, that's a, that's a question I asked uh, John, and he said he thinks it's a gray area. Well, yeah, we are having an argument about that, and the U.S. Supreme Court had an opportunity to look at it, but it was a very specific... Uh, element of the law that related to businesses that they felt, uh, of course, the governor in Pennsylvania was in the right, the businesses and the Republicans who wanted to overturn it got turned away, but their appeal was very, very site and business specific. Very narrow. Right. So very narrow. That was, uh, that may be a factor there. Well, we'll debate this in the next segment. We're going to do some brief news headlines and we'll open up the phones on, on the mark. This is News Radio 1070 WK. Okay, son. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, we're going to check brief news headlines, then we'll take your call. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. They invite you to go to sunburymotors.com, see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, and Hyundai availabilities, and pre-owned inventory, hundreds of cars there, too. Select your perfect vehicle and purchase it online right from your home. Our toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. Perhaps you agree with what some counties are doing to our immediate south, and uh, they're going to be going to the uh, yellow phase on their own. Maybe you disagree with that, and or you'd like to clarify what could be done in that area, or you have a question or observation about Senator Gordner's remarks, call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com and text us at 7. 
877-270-0236. In the news, as the COVID-19 pandemic continues, local governments are trying to move from red to yellow. Saturday, Schuylkill County joined Dolphin, Lancaster, and Lebanon County in announcing they'll be moving to the yellow phase, defying direction from the Governor Wolf administration. As Senator Gordon said, Columbia County hopes to do this today. PennLive.com reports Dauphin County Vice Chair Mike Preece announced Dauphin County will join Lebanon County. They say they've met the requirements of the stay-at-home and partial business shutdown, and the county plans to move forward from red to yellow on their own effective May 15th. In Pennsylvania, 37 out of the state's 67 counties have reached or been given a date when they will officially enter the yellow phase, but many other counties saying they'll join that yellow phase on their own. Two local sheriffs say they'll stand down when it comes to enforcing the Pennsylvania governor's COVID-19 business mitigation measures. Sheriff John Zeckman of Snyder County and Ernie Ritter of Union County sharing the same message, saying they won't help the governor turn business owners into criminals. Most businesses, industries, and retailers are open in their counties, as this region is in the state's yellow phase. Many other small businesses are still closed, and the sheriffs say uh, they feel the governor's order is an unconstitutional executive order. They join a few other sheriffs around here, including Perry County, where they say they'll stand down if it comes to enforcing the business orders. Weekend recap from Sarah Lover, who was at the anchor desk on Sunday. The DCED has a list of businesses that have received exemption from the COVID-19 required closure by the Wolf administration. These businesses are allowed to open along with life-sustaining businesses. Nearly 43,000 businesses requested exemptions, and just over 6,000 of them received one. A list by county is posted at the DCED website. We've also posted it at WKOK.com. And the Senate is weighing next steps after the governor failed to comply with a subpoena and release documents associated with mandated business closures related to COVID-19. Senate Republicans have repeatedly sought access to the records in order to examine if legislative action would be necessary to correct inequities, both as part of the ongoing pandemic as well as for any future emergencies. The governor says he cannot release that information to the Senate due to executive privilege and an audit being conducted by the state's auditor general. After the governor sent a letter to the Senate responding to the subpoena, that list of businesses we just told you about with granted exemptions was posted to the DCED website. And the Memorial Day and Flag Day services in Northumberland and Point Township have been canceled. Dick Simpson, a service officer and sergeant-at-arms at the Post 44 American Legion, tells us that they had to cancel the events because of COVID-19. He says the May 25th Memorial Day parade in Northumberland and the service at the Riverview ceremony will not be held. No Flag Day observance will be held on June 14th, but organizers are hoping that they can hold a service of some kind later this summer. I'm Sarah Lover, News Radio 10 70 WKOK. State Department of Health has added a Northumberland County nursing home to the list of facilities that have a member, a resident of the nursing home or personal care facility with COVID-19. No staff members at this particular unidentified nursing facility have COVID-19. According to the state's new numbers, the state doesn't say which nursing home it was. You'll remember previously there were several members of a nursing home and several staff members at a nursing home, but that was later rescinded from the list when it was determined that it wasn't specifically under the state's licensing criteria. Northumberland County had one new case in Sunday's number from the Department of Health, 124 positive test cases for COVID-19. 
Montour remains at 49. Union and Snyder each with 40 and 33 cases. Columbia County has 324 cases of COVID-19, most of which are in, or most of whom, I guess they're people, uh, are in nursing homes. They've had 28 deaths, 24 of which were in uh, nursing homes. Dr. J. Juan Rue, president and CEO of Geisinger, says the percentage of people being tested who turned out to be positive for COVID-19 is up slightly. That's about a 3% increase from last week, which he called a minor change. You can hear all of his remarks at WKOK.com. He says in their system, they tested about 16,000 people system-wide, about 18% of whom tested positive. Of those people with COVID-19, 15% of them were hospitalized. Of that number, another 15% were admitted to ICU. At this moment, there are nine individuals in the Geisinger system on event. Nope, no, there are nine people at Geisinger Danville on a ventilator and one individual at Union County's Evangelical Community Hospital is on a ventilator uh, right now. Good news for Joe. Valley Catholics can worship communally if they wish. They can attend Mass next weekend. Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg allowing public Masses to resume with proper social distancing and other precautions. Are you happy now? I don't know what the other precautions are. <laughs> one that you But he's also, also said that you don't have to go if you're uncomfortable. Okay, right. And finally, Vice President Mike Pence will be back at work today. There were consistent reports among media yesterday that he was self-isolating after an aide tested positive for the coronavirus last week. He later said, no, he wasn't self-isolating. It just happened to be at home. Meantime, Fox News reported that the news of his self-isolation was greatly exaggerated. A spokesman says the vice president uh, is not in quarantine and will follow the advice of the White House Medical Union unit, but will be at work in the White House today. So who do you believe? WKOK News. I believe people going to work. <laughs> right. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, if you were sick, would you come in here? If you felt oh, you were no, sick? Oh, no. If I was sick, no. I definitely would not. I wouldn't either. And I, I'll give the vice president the same common sense. I can do a lot of work from home. Now, let's see. 9-14 is the end of my sentence. I wasn't permitted to uh, finish. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you with the time. We interrupt each other all the time. <laughs> it's the nature Still of the show. Still 9-14. There's another few seconds till it's 9-15. Dale, by the time you get to actually speak, it's going to be 9-15. Go right ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know... When you take the president of a job, you are held responsible for everything that goes on in your country. Oh, really? There's no exceptions. Correct? No, that's not correct. No, you can't so possibly be held responsible for everything that goes on in your country, for heaven's sake. Get real, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Joe has spoken. What else? Well, I mean, you sign up for the job. You sign up for the job, but you're only responsible for the things you do, not for the things other people do. He can't control if you decide to go out in the okay, middle well, of Okay, well, let me tell you something, Joe. What's the, the power, executive power, okay? That, that's a powerful, powerful tool, Joe, okay? You believe it's a powerful tool or no? What's that got to do with whether he's responsible for everything? Everything. <laughs> Explain that okay, to me. Well, There's a lot of routes okay, in New York well, City. If he, if, okay, if you can't get a clear answer on who, what, where, and how... Apparently something ain't right, okay? So if you look at uh, the history of Hitler and the banks, which they, you know, blame different sects of, of their country, you know, to, to, to rally up one party. So, you know, like I said, communist countries, okay? Well, I thought we were talking about Hitler. What I'm saying is, okay, why don't he go out and... Put at least one or two executive 
you know, executive power things so we can have a clear answer instead of having, you know... Clear answer to what? Clear answer to what? What specific question? Like, okay, here, uh, everyone can open, you know what I mean, and be... and be social distance. If he's really worried about the economy, okay, which he always says, and, and Mnuchin says the same thing, I don't think they're really worried about the economy. I think it's just basically private sector versus public sector. Dale, do you, do you realize so that... that- do you realize that he wanted to be the one who said whether or not we opened up or closed down, and the governors raised hell with him and said, no, it's not your right, it's ours. So now you want to hold him responsible for something okay, the governor well, he said. Can trump them. He can trump them with executive order. Correct? No, he can't. No, no, no. no, he can't. Why can't he? Because it's not in the Constitution. The powers specifically not allocated to the federal government are no, reserved no, to the state. No, no, you hold on. They're reserved to the state. The powers that aren't specifically delegated to the federal government. Exist anymore, Joe. Yes, they, they do, Dale. They when they meet, when they Maybe meet, not Joe. in the world of cheese you live in, but in the world the rest of us okay, live in. Well, Joe, Joe, if you if you have two of the biggest powerful law firms in the country, okay, and you try to uh, exercise, you know, something that beats around the bush in the uh, Constitution, you have the power to do that. They they do it all the time, Joe. Or where are you at? Well, I don't know. Where are you at? You've got me so confused. I don't know which ends up. What what specifically? The bill, okay, you're talking about the Bill of Rights. No, I'm talking about the United States Constitution. A big, powerful law firm. They have the ability to, to bypass the Bill of Rights. And what happens is that takes the liberties and freedoms from smaller peoples and gives them a little extra. Don't no, they don't. Realize? No, they don't, Dale. There is no. Okay. There's no way to get why around they, the Bill of why Rights. Why read the script and stick to the script then? If why you do think big uh, law firms that interpret the law. If you think you've been violated, if you think you've been violated, you can go to court and you can say, "Hey, my civil rights have been violated." Yeah, and, who, and who's the judge and the prosecutor? The same jokers. Oh, the guys from the Bar Association again. Okay, I got you. I'm just telling you, am I, am I right? No, when, you're uh, not, but go ahead. What? Okay, if everybody sucks to the script, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights, okay, why do we need to hire big law firms if I understand it, the judge understands it, the prosecutor understands it, and, and the jury understands it, okay? We all know it, okay? He got why you on that one. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Oh, we got to go. Thank you no, so much, all Dale. Di- all different, all t- subject to interpretation. Appreciate the observation. That's what the courts do. They interpret the law. If it were all clear-cut, we'd all think the same thing. We'd all be the same religion. We'd all eat the same meals. But it's not that way. We would do whatever the sovereign king governor determined we should right. do. Right. The Lord High Mayor. <laughs> Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, just a couple of things here. Uh, I heard uh, Senator Gordner talk about Columbia County Commission meeting today to see about opening uh, the state up to yellow. And that's going to create a very interesting situation because, you know, the town council and everything here in the town of Bloomsburg is a very activist, liberal uh, town council. And I'm wondering how they're going to respond if the town uh, or if the county commissioners were to happen to say, hey, we, we're going to yellow. That's, that's, that could be a real uh, tender point here. And then the other thing, and I don't know whether you guys mentioned it yet or not, because I just happened to turn you on. Uh, Dr. Burtz is quoted as saying that she does not test or trust anything from the CDC, and she feels that they uh, are padding the numbers with the death count now. And, and I believe that to be the case here in Pennsylvania because we're getting presumed uh, cases uh, you know, of uh, coronavirus 
put into the total death count. So, you know, I always want the best, most accurate information that we can get. And, and using presumed numbers to put out to the public, I don't think is appropriate. Well, how else could presumed. you count them, though? I mean, well, you have somebody that... COVID, go ahead. If they're not COVID-19 cases, then they're not COVID-19. It's like, a, you know, a woman presumed to be pregnant when she's not. Either she is or she's not. <laughs> yeah, but that COVID-19 doesn't work that way. Nobody dies of COVID-19. You die because you get a blood clot or you get uh, your lungs, you can't breathe anymore at all whatsoever, or you get a stroke. I mean, these are the things that if you get COVID-19, these are deaths that have occurred where COVID-19 was present in the body and that it overwhelmed the system and, you know, you couldn't breathe or, you know, whatever the system, you know, your heart gave out or whatever it happened to be. I get what you're saying that, you know, you, nobody dies of COVID-19. Everybody dies of some other issues. Like nobody ever died of the flu. What you die of is, is the fact that your lungs fill up with fluid and you get pneumonia and that's the end of you. But right. so I understand what you're saying, but these are people who yesterday were fine COVID-19 hit them, and then tomorrow they're dead. And so they're presumed to have died because of COVID-19. I think we have to keep track of these, even though, you know, it's some of them are presumed COVID-19. When you have people in nursing homes, they've been in stable condition for years, you know, and they, I mean, they have dementia or they may have, you know, uh, ambulatory issues or, you know, whatever the dilemma is, but then they get COVID-19 and they die, so they're presumed to have died from COVID-19. And this is, you're talking, you are alluding to something that is a big discussion now. You know, the coroners are having it. And every so often, the state alters the subtlety of what is a COVID-19 related death. And then you see the numbers go down. Or the next day you see them go up by 100 because in each county there's been one or two cases or counties with the big numbers like yours. It goes up or down because they say, okay, well, t let's let's pull stroke out of this, you know, and say, because Pete, you and I could have a stroke at any moment, so let's remove that from the COVID-19 ones. And then the number goes down and the next day somebody argues, well, no, but these people were fine and uh, they got this. They were significantly impaired and had a stroke. Then they put them back in, and the numbers go back up. Okay, well, I, I agree with everything you're saying, Mark. I mean, completely, a hundred percent. But has anyone said, "Well, let's look at this. This has been going on what since January." Okay, they're they're backdating to January, and we're in May now. Are they saying, "Okay, well, how many people were hanging on by a thread and probably would have passed anyway during this time period?" Are we going to subtract them from the presume? So all I'm saying is, I want real and accurate data. And I'm not really that interested in presumed stuff. I'm really interested in what's out there on the street. And, and finally, the last thing I want to say, and I don't know whether you guys covered this or not, but uh, uh, have you, are you following the story about the Meet the Press and Chuck Todd? Yes, editing? I definitely am. I have it right have, here. It's we to discuss. have that here. That's a bad one. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, we'll what's wrong with that. the media that today. I mean, yep. you know, the, we'll the talk deceptive that. reporting, it's just sickening. Yep, we'll it's talk about that. It's absolutely horrible. I, I call it intellectual atrocity when you take advantage of your position of power in the media to screw with someone's mind. It's ridiculous. And, I, and you know, I know we have freedom of speech, but we don't have freedom of uh, mis misleading people on, on a national network, as far as I'm concerned. Right, well, well, the we'll left, talk about left loves to make um, come down on Fox for lie. They lie all the time. You know, they ignore their own media darlings when they lie like a rug. Mm.
<laughs> All right, to be continued. Mike, incidentally, on your coroner numbers, if you want definitive causes of death, as you said, these month, months out, you'll never get them. There'll never be an opportunity. You know, you just can't say what killed a person, whether it was long, longevity or, you know, other infirmities or COVID. I, you, you can't get that. These people are added to these death trolls. I think it's probably just so you have sort of a guideline to go by. I mean, nothing nothing happens if you have big right. COVID numbers or low numbers in terms of your deaths. It doesn't get you anything, Let's so there's no back, reason to lie. Thank you, the, Mike. Wait a second, Mike, before okay. you go, oh, just at the on. start, yeah. this be, you started the conversation by saying what's going to happen in Bloomsburg because you have a very liberal uh, borough or city or town government, and uh, now the county commissioners might be saying, let's open up. I think it, you bring up a very interesting question. The sheriffs have said what they're going to do, but I think the the real ultimate question will be what the local civil authorities decide with respect to their police enforcement and with respect to how they govern their community. I, I'd be very interested if you see uh, something, a trend developing in uh, Bloomsburg that you give us a call and let us know. I can tell you this. Yesterday, I rode my bike all over the town and there was minimal mask wearing. There were lots of people holding uh, graduation parties in their backyards or garages and what have you. And I can tell you this, I happened to ride by the, uh, the jail in, in Bloomsburg, and I've seen uh, people walking out after their shift, and as soon as they popped out in the public, those masks came right off. So I don't know, you know what, what the personal uh, feelings are among the people. I just know that the town council, a lot of times, they say one thing and the people say another, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right, to be continued. Thanks, Thank you so much. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Uh, the visit sunburymotors.com to see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, or Hyundai inventory, or the pre-owned inventory. Dozens of perfect vehicles there. You can select your perfect and ideal car and or truck and purchase it online right from your home. Uh, it's the Sunbury Motor Company, and they are on North Fourth Street in Sunbury and Routes Eleven and Fifteen, Hummelsworth. But that's not the address you need to get started. It's Sunbury. SunburyMotors.com. Uh, they do have the Quick Lane down on North 4th Street in Sunbury, or you can see the fabulous Kios in person over on 11 and 15. What can they do with the Quick Lane? Well, they'll pump you up with nitrogen. We talked about that, but they can take care of alignments, body work, car wash, estate inspection. Maybe your car's wobbling or you need brand new tires. Whatever it is, they can take good care of it. Ford, Hyundai, Kia, and Lincoln, plus a premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks at the Sunbury Motors company. Please uh, check them out. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KFK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 
Yes, indeed. And we have a texter who says the town council of Bloomsburg can't figure out their parking issues. They sure won't be able to figure out the coronavirus 19 issues. And that is uh, from our good uh, listener up in Montour County. Uh, he sent us two other notes when Dr. Wendy Lynn Lee was on the radio Friday. One said Ms. Lee is calling people who disagree with her stupid. She used big words like cognitive dissonance to call people stupid. How intolerant. No, he her. says how tolerant of her. Well, he means intolerant. No, I think it's very, she's expressing oh, tolerance sarcastic. by not okay. calling her stupid. How tolerant of her. Right. Typical Sarcasm. Uh, typical liberal leftist professor. Uh, let's see, he also said, nothing Governor Wolf was doing now will be a highlight of his tenure as governor. It will all be looked on as a low light. And speaking of lowlights, NBC News' Chuck Todd aired a deceptively edited clip of Attorney General Bill Barr discussing the Michael Flynn case during his Meet the Press broadcast on Sunday, prompting the network to concede the mistake hours later, but there's still no word on whether Todd will apologize on air. Asked by CBS's News' Catherine Herridge how history would judge the DOJ's decision to move to dismiss the Flynn case, Barr initially responded laughing, well, history is written by the winners, so it largely depends on who's writing the history. After the brief clip aired, Todd remarked that he was struck by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the Attorney General. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. He was almost admitting that, yeah, this was a political job. However, in the full clip, which NBC uh, showed did not air, Barr immediately went on to state explicitly that, in fact, he felt the Flynn decision upheld the rule of law. He said, I think a fair history would say it was a good decision because it upheld the rule of law, Barr said. It upheld the standards of the Department of Justice, and it undid what was an injustice. But they edited that out, or it just wasn't included. They didn't include it. You know, I wonder so, if Chuck Todd ever Chuck saw Todd that, said or he, the Chuck editor did it? Or was he doing the interview? He was doing the oh, interview. Okay. Uh, Chuck Todd obviously knew what the man said. Okay. Yep. This is another example where they t they just edit it to suit their preconception, what they want to show. <sighs> and there was there was outrage of people saying when the, when that bar quote, people the, were on the left were saying, "Well, what cynicism, what arrogance." And the TV networks don't have an FCC requirement to be accurate. Well, there's a good question. I think that you know. They used to be the fairness doctrine, if you personally attack someone or if you distorted what they said. But the fairness doctrine went by the wayside a long time ago <laughs> when they started having all these other news outlets. And and it does work. You know, basically what they are saying is that, okay, I everything mean, gets covered. It does work. Right, everything gets covered. You can't lie for long. And that's a perfect case here. He tried to lie and he couldn't. But Chris is going to tell us that we missed the boat on this. Good morning, sir. It's, you you're missed on, the boat? Yep, we're on the radio. Go right well, ahead. Well, your phony outrage is phony outrage. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chuck Todd's a real decent guy. <laughs> what, what a fine, upstanding journalist. He is. Yeah, right, right, right. As long as he now lies and I makes the right look bad. Just going to talk over me? Well, as long as he makes the right look bad, you're, you're for him, right? No. What I'm for is that... It, it was apologized for, and it was admitted to be a mistake. He didn't apologize. He did well, not. NBC did, at least. They acknowledged that it was edited. They did not apologize. Uh, well, that's what the headline said. I'll have to look into the exact wording later, I guess. Well, but the Todd, point though. is... It wasn't Chuck Todd. No, it was Chuck the network News, itself. Fox News 
rarely corrects a mistake like that, rarely admits they're wrong when they do it. They just do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And that's the difference between good journalism and bad. He made a mistake. That's bad. Now, I don't think he made a mistake. I think he lied. He knew what the man said. Oh, see, now now you're the one who can see into everybody's no, motives. No, wait, wait one right? second. No, <laughs> wait, wait one second. Wait one second. After he aired that clip, he said he was struck, Chuck Todd said he was struck by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the attorney general. He yeah, didn't, so wait a second, let me, fin- let me finish, let me finish. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. He was almost admitting, yeah, this was a political job. Now, come on, that's not apologizing, that's outright lying, and you know that's it. That's during the show, I'm talking about afterwards. He didn't apologize, and there, there's still some question about whether he ever will apologize on air. <laughs> well, he has yeah. not, and he won't, probably. And, and when, did, when was the last time Fox News apologized? Uh, about and, two... and they've repeated this. They, they, they showed quotes for where they left out the completely reversing the meeting, not tempering it, completely reversing the meaning from Obama after it was pointed out immediately. They kept doing it for four or five days afterwards. What about Obama? What are you talking about? Mm. I'm yeah, talking about an Obama quote they, they, uh, where they cut off what he said in mid-sentence so that it met the op- exactly opposite of what he said. Well, I'm not familiar with that. And they kept that. playing that for days, even after it was pointed out, even after one of the people on the air actually admitted that. Well, what was this about? I'm not, fami- I'm not familiar with this, so tell me what it's about. Oh, well, I'll have to look it up. It's, it's you know, it's well, like, it's at you know, least four years old. Three years oh, it's ago, four, four, four years. I don't have the quote right in front of me. Oh, okay, it's four four years ago. Okay, I got you. <laughs> well, yeah, this is an everyday was thing. Of, quote when he was president. This Come is on, an, Joe. This I'm is, making a comparison between the two states. This is an like everything. This is an everyday thing. I'm trying thing. to show you how you're completely wrong. By your phony outrage. This is an everyday thing at Fox, and the best example you have is four years ago. Wow, I'm impressed. Uh, I'm trying, Joe. Joe. He's just trying to put him on equal footing, and you're not accepting it. They are on equal footing. Well, he said he made it sound like Fox is doing this every day, and it's four years ago is the best example he can come up with. Fox is full of distortions and exaggerations. Everybody knows it, so. and so is NBC. Well, that's so, right. How about, for, for instance, how about the the stupid pizza thing they were doing? The stupid that's pizza. I can tell you about the right? stupid the pizza, pizza thing? shop that was uh, where uh, Hillary Clinton was uh, heading an organization oh. that. Uh, was a child uh, that wasn't reported that, that wasn't that wasn't center? reported on Fox News that was done by one of their talking heads who brought that issue day up not the news day after day but not in the news segment here you're t- we're talking p- opinion versus hey, news hey the talking heads is a news segment no it's not the talking heads this are guys like Hannity. This is a talking head news segment. Hannity, and you're talking about guys but like it, Hannity. It's the press. It was in the. It wasn't in the interviews they were doing with people or reporting. They were. They were doing having a talking heads discussion. Right. So if you're going to excuse that, then I guess you have to excuse the other. Well, look at Joe Scarborough. I don't, but look, you would. Look at Joe Scarborough. He lies every day. Comes up with preposterous stuff. <laughs> He lied every day when he was a Republican. Why did you expect it to be any different? Well, I don't know, but <laughs> he you never complained about it when he was a Republican. I didn't like the guy then. I don't like him now, and you don't. You don't seem to have any problem with him. <laughs> exactly. That's because 
Your standard is based on that. I'm trying to make a standard that if you make good, if you're a good journalist, you're going to make mistakes sometimes. If you make mistakes and you admit to them and correct them, like the New York Times does regularly, like the Washington Post does regularly, but not like Chuck Todd does. You're good. Journalist. Now, let, let me ask you this, in all seriousness, if you say to me, this is black, and I come on the air and say, uh, Chris said it's white. No, hey, now, first of all, that's, this wasn't a black and white issue. Yes, it is. It's, it wasn't a factual issue. It was an issue about what the man said and his yeah, reaction to what the man his, said. His defense, his defense of it was not anything that he pointed to and said, this is why it was a good decision. He didn't answer anything about why he was just saying well i think history will show that it's a good decision he no. didn't say he said he was struck by the cynicism because of x he said y, he was or z. he so said he was actually see what he was judging on and that's because there is no precedent for he said he was struck it. by, was by the cynicism now let me fit, let me get a it word in a terrible decision. excuse me mark would you put him on hold for a minute it, he he his cynicism he said it was a cynic, cynical answer that he was given he knew the complete answer was ignored and he said that what he got from them was cynical come on that's not fair that's not good journalism on anybody's block all right. Mm, where's Chris? Number one. There you go. Chris, we'll give you the last word. We're a little bit over, but go ahead. Well, it's it's Joe being Joe again and not knowing what good <laughs> journalism is. No, I've only now, had 50 years in it. I wouldn't know what it is. You for sure whether it was a mistake. It was a live show, right? No, it he wasn't. Was responding to what he's what he saw was he the one who edited it? No, did the, he make it was a an, bad decision if he did. It was yes. an interview. I don't believe it but, was but live. The point is, the point is he didn't. Barr never says why it's a good decision, and if you're going to rate that decision, it was a terrible decision. This is the Attorney General of the United States. Remember, you were ready to convict uh, Clinton for having a ten-minute plane meeting with an old friend and you didn't know what they <laughs> talked about. Here right. you have the president urging him to do things and he does them. And then you say, oh, there's no problem here. Why should I be upset about this? But you're right, we gotta the, go. No, we you're gotta go. We gotta go. Ridiculous. Stop it, both of you. He's ignoring the, you're ignoring the fact that a, a, a U.S. attorney made the recommendation to Barr to uh, do what he did. If so, I have to come back there. All right. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565, the open line, have been Bob relinquished reluctantly by Chris. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Give us a buzz right now. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Our friend Than says, back when I worked with you, Joe, and on the mark, you were against me occasionally being snarky. Now you are arguing with everyone snarkily, if there's a word like that, and being the whistling, the listeners, they're not stupid, Joe. They have a different idea from yours. I think, Than, your fingers got ahead of your brain there. <laughs> I don't know what being the whistling means, but listen, here's the thing. I've been in broadcasting for, what, over 50 years? Mm-hmm. 
I've been a news director, I've been a newsman, I've supervised news people all of my career. I know what fair, journal, fair and honest journalism is. When you deliberately distort something like that, whether it's Chuck Todd or whether it's Fox or whoever it is, it's wrong. If you get an interview with somebody and you distort what they told you, you are a dishonest journalist, in my opinion. All right, 1-800-795-9565. That means Sean Hannity's, well, he's not a journalist. But he's, he's just a commentator. I wouldn't call him a journalist. I wouldn't call him even a reasonable human being. But still, well he's entitled to his opinion, and he's entitled to speak it. When he lies, he gets called out on it. Or when people disagree with him, he gets called out on it. Not so much anymore. I think people just kind of gave up. He's, he's gone over the deep end, so I think people probably aren't. I mean, we, nobody would fact-check him. I mean, you'd be done. You'd, well, you'd be busy all day. You worked me for a lot of years. Have you ever told me? You ever heard me tell you to, any, to be unfair to anyone? Unfair to anyone. Now, come Not on. Not that I recall. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. 1 800 795 9565. Email us at on the market We've got callers waiting. Bobby D is on the line. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Yes. Um, you know, good morning, everyone. And I respect Joe and, and both of you because being in the broadcasting business, you know, so many years, there's been F, I mean, everything. And, but, but anyhow, okay, I want to ask Joe uh, what is being brought up at the council meetings? For like, do the are business people that want to get their businesses started, or whatever, or want to expand, or anything like that? I mean, do they have to go through your office to get that done, or can they can they go different well, a different this, way? This is a state requirement. It's not something the governor's okay. doing. It's not nothing we did. But, you know, so we're not involved in it except to say that uh, if our police were called on to enforce something, we'd have to make a decision about that. But, no, we have no obligation here at all. Sometimes. Oh, personally, I would not want to hold any business, make any business person a criminal who is trying to feed You're his not family. not a criminal. You're just violating a, a, an executive order to stand down I stand by the pandemic. sheriffs. The sheriffs are saying they don't want to turn business people <laughs> <Okay>. into criminals. <laughs> okay. Well, I got you. Yeah, yeah, but I also agree, you know, Jim, I mean, you know, with Planet Fitness and, and everything else has been around, and that, to, and there are there are always safety measures sure. for any of those businesses. I mean, you know, over the years and that, when I worked up at Split Rock as a lifeguard, I wasn't just a lifeguard; I had to clean everything up. So, I mean, anybody that has that type of business, whether it's the YMCA or anything like that, is automatically sanitizing and automatically doing everything. Well, I think what they're arguing here is that the the precautions need to be even more extraordinary. But thanks for your opinion, Bob. Is a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for checking in. Uh, We go from Bob to Bob. Good morning from Williamsport. Good morning, sir. Morning, gentlemen. Good to uh, talk to you again. Very quickly, um, in the last month, uh, our fine, uh, the, the fine commentator, Chuck Todd, has had Dr. Burks on. And you know, the whole entire interview was designed to get her in a gotcha moment. Yep. <laughs> For, fortunately, Dr. Burks is a whole lot brighter than Todd and didn't fall for one of, one of, her, one of his little maneuvers. Yesterday, I listened to Meet the Press, and I, I typically have listened to this over the years, you know, a lot, and I found it rather interesting. Yesterday, it was nothing but fear-mongering and negative uh, garbage that they were, they were spewing. And then, of course, this whole thing comes out about the Bill Barr. Anyway, um, it's, it's really unfortunate, because he has an opportunity. He's got, a big, he's got a big audience, and I'll just close by saying this. Chuck Todd is no Tim Russert. Amen. <laughs> yeah, we missed that. Capital A, capital M, capital E, capital N. And I'm surprised it, Chuck Todd is still there. 
you know, it's not like he's mastered it or anything and is sort of free of controversy or gets high regards like Tim Russert always did. I, I hope he's barely hanging on by thread because he's really doing a disservice. You think about the history of this show over the century. Well, you look at the history yeah. of NBC News, Huntley and Brinkley, Sander Van Oker, Edwin Newman. They had great reporters, and they had integrity, and they had honesty. And, you know, the gentleman you mentioned, the, the late uh, I lost Tim, his, Russert. Tim Russert. I mean, yeah. Tim was just absolutely outstanding. I never yeah. knew what his political leanings were from his interviews. He was always fair, direct, and tough. And yeah. that's what you expect out of a good journalist, not some lying sack of it, it, well, fecal matter. Well, fine. Just my final comment. That it is unfortunate because he has a he has a, a, a huge opportunity to ha- make an impact and to show that continue on the uh, NBC or the um, uh, Meet the Press, uh, you know, lineage. And he's he's really he's really missed the boat. Um, he, he doesn't even ask a question in a, in a reasonable way. He beats around the bush and finally gets to it and then, you know, focuses on a soundbite. And I think that's what got him in trouble this time. He focused on a soundbite and said, ah, I can maneuver this. Nobody's going to know. Well, guess what? And I, I couldn't be happier. I, do, I, I truly do hope that he is replaced at some point. Because we also, if, if, you know, if you cho- choose to uh, to move to that channel, he also has the afternoon uh, ordeal on MSNBC. So hmm. it's rough, man. It's rough. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bob. Thanks okay, for checking. Thank you. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Up or uh, either of those emails. Right. Sure. Dick says, Joe, I hope they soon open your gym. You really seem out of sorts, <laughs> angry, argumentative, downright mean at times oh, to some of the callers. Get off my law. For example, Dale today. I can hear the change in your attitude on air. My opinion. Dale makes brings these, up history, and that D- Dale makes, yeah, Well, he makes these statements that you could ignore the Constitution, that people are doing that, and they're not true. I'm sorry. Uh, if that makes me argumentative, I guess I am. Under I these love circumstances. The, I, I do actually, I actually study the Constitution. I was a history major in college, so I, and I still read nothing but history books, so I think I understand the country a little bit. Upper right-hand corner, and then, then a break. Um, Chris deflecting to Fox when he has always chided others for deflection. Wow. <laughs> We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. One eight, oh, I'm not going to give out the number because we're all stacked up here. Mike, we're going to have to limit you to about two minutes because uh, we're running short on time, but go right ahead. Okay, thanks. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, this, uh, this whole thing with the sheriffs and the attorney general sounds like uh, the year 1026 in uh, 
medieval uh, Europe. Like these are all fiefdoms or something. <laughs> I don't think they have really that much say. And I mean, first it was a national disaster stated by the president who insisted the governors take care of it, but their the governors have their their state uh, disasters or emergencies declared and pretty much been established that that's something for the executive office to uh, to handle and as far as I know uh, am I wrong about this no no it's uh, you know who was the king of England in the year what did you say 1010 10, I'm sure he was 10, up 20, a, I, I don't 1020 probably went up against uh, <laughs> it, was, it was medieval Europe they had it was king kingdoms and serfdoms and right, lords king. and barons that all had their own little turf they took care of and King Forkbeard when it was going up against Robin Hood yeah, at the time. Right, yeah, I mean, you know, sheriffs saying they're not going to do something that they think is unconstitutional. Well, uh, the sheriff's department themselves has never been quite determined about the constitutionality or even what their duties are, especially in the state of Pennsylvania. Right now, they just work for the court serving uh, warrants and writs. And, and you know, so what they they think it's unconstitutional. It's, it's, it, they're That's not the, uh, the the court or the entity that decides whether something's constitutional <laughs> or not. Well, that's right. It's like like Mike from Milmont saying, well, I am no longer going to enforce speeding in Milmont. Now, keep in mind, I don't yeah, do well, this well, anytime well, anyway. Well, a bunch of sovereigns that think that they're <laughs> a sovereign uh, just to themselves and can make their own rules and regulations. I'm not paying taxes. I don't believe in them, you know, all that. I mean, come on. All you right. can't have that kind of anarchy when we're involved in a a nationwide, uh, worldwide epidemic slash pandemic. I don't doesn't seem to me. I mean, there's going to be parts of it are probably unfair. I wouldn't doubt that it probably is unfair. But well, just I an guess answer. There's somebody walk around saying that life is fair. Is that is that worth <laughs> it? No, not at this table. No, we don't right. do it here. <laughs> Actually, you. it was King Edward the Confessor. If you're interested. Oh, back of the yeah, day. Okay, I don't care which <laughs> one of them King it was. Edward. They were all. There are a lot of Edwards, Johns. Come on, yeah, you, can't, you can't run things that way. That's no. anarchy. If you look right. up the definition. Okay. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate, Appreciate your call. call. Uh, Dan, you get two and a half minutes. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning. You talk about media bias. I have friends I knew for years that never complained about the media bias. Now they tell me I've been complaining for 40, 50 years on media bias. Now the media, they're either 100% in the tank for the left-wing Democrats or they're for Trump. So the marketplace is making this all come out, and I think the marketplace will gradually kill the left-wing media. People are seeing through their craziness. It is completely crazy. I watch it just to see how crazy they really are. And... They talk about Fox News. I watch Chris Wallace every week, and he is not biased. He is not, I don't even think he respects Trump, but he's fairly fair. I don't know, maybe he does like Trump, but I don't think so. But he has a fair and balanced program every Sunday, where, as you gentlemen said, Chuck Todd is 
so far left, he's he's going off the deep end, and I think the networks, and I don't know why they go along with it, they have more to lose than anybody if they're completely in the tank for the left globalist issue they're completely going to lose their freedom too I don't know if they don't realize that if they go along with the globalist socialist issue they're going to be gone they will not have the freedom they enjoy now the broadcast propaganda but you asked me if I wish they weren't on the air I, I don't care. They have the right to be there, but they're shooting themselves right in the foot. It's just commentary. Nobody, That's all. You yes. just have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thanks, Dan. Dan. Yep. Uh, Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling back. You get well, less than a minute. Joe don't understand how the Roman Empire collapsed. Well, the Roman Empire <laughs> collapsed because people understood that the Romans were interpreting the laws to gain profit. So I think we're at the same time in history where people are understanding the interpreters are doing it for profit only, not All right. And uh, where is your degree in history from? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Oops. He didn't even need the full minute. Uh, it's, you know, the Roman Empire fell for a number of different reasons. Some of them are actually related to what Dale said. but Okay, well, good. Not, all, not entirely. <laughs> a shred of reality in the, yep. the On The Mark show. So I end with a note of agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Joe. We'll see you in the morning. Thank you, everybody, for participating. This is WDK, OK, Sunbury. <laughs>